1: so start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today.
2: Rebound cleared by Nance Jr. Gets it inside to Williamson, and it's just a layup for him, powering right over the top of Dario Saric.
3: And the Pelicans have their largest lead of the game. It's 110-83. to
4: it's time for Warriors Wrap-Up. We'll bring you into the locker room and hear from Coach Kerr and the players. Highlights from the game. Warriors Wrap-Up starts now.
2: Another game at Chase Center and another lopsided Warriors loss. Welcome into Warriors Wrap-Up here on 95.7 The Game. Mark Randy with you once again. That was pretty ugly. Another ugly performance at home for the Golden State Warriors. They fall to the New Orleans Pelicans. Final score 141 to 105. The Warriors trailed by as many as 41 points. They allowed 46 points in the first quarter. It was the most points the Warriors have allowed in any quarter of this season. Uh and how about this? The most points the Warriors have allowed in a first quarter at home since 1991. A historic day for the Golden State Warriors, but for all the wrong reasons, they fall. Again, final score 141-105 in favor of the Pelicans over the Golden State Warriors. Again, welcome into Warriors Wrap-Up here on 95-7, the game as the Warriors close their really important seven-game homestand. At two and five, and this seven-game homestand just littered with winnable games for the Golden State Warriors, uh, but they can only eke out two wins. They're two and five, and with the loss, the Golden State Warriors' their record continues to plummet. They're now seventeen and twenty. They're eleven and eleven at home now this season. Think back to last year, which was a really up and down season. Last year for the Warriors, the Warriors were thirty-three and eight at home last year. They're now 11 and 11 at home this season, uh, and and tonight was one of uh, the Warriors' uh, most confounding performances of the season. You think back to what happened on Sunday against Toronto. Uh, Toronto, a a decent team, not nearly as good as this New Orleans team, and you allow 76 points in the first half. Steve Kerr talked about no effort, no competitive juice, no competitive desire uh, with what happened on Sunday. You come right back out after two days off, and you put together more of the same. Ugly, ugly, ugly. From the Golden State Warriors. All right, Warriors wrap up here on 95.7 the game. Mark Randy with you. We got to break this this whole thing down because there's plenty to get into, uh, and I want to hear from you. Give me a call, 888 957 9570. That is also the Comcast Business text line. Uh, The texts are flying in. I see uh, the 925, I see the 415, I see the 408. Nine two five talking about Wiggins uh, potentially trading him at the deadline. You'd have to attach a couple of first round picks to him to get anything of value back. We'll get into that in a little bit. Nine two five certainly. Uh, thanks for tuning in. That's from the Comcast Business text line uh, on our YouTube chat. YouTube.com/slash nine five seven the game. Uh, shout out to the First NorCal Credit Union powering our YouTube chat. I see you guys all there as well. Dublin Marge, uh, Joshua, Brandon, Joe, I I see all of you. uh, So keep them coming here on the YouTube chat. Again, powered by First NorCal Credit Union. Uh, This was an ugly one for the Golden State Warriors and one where you felt like um, you needed it. Uh, This is a good quality Pelicans team. You look at what the Pelicans have done so far this season. They're now 23-15. and They're a really good road team. They haven't lost on the road in In quite a while, this is not a a team that you lose to and you feel ashamed by. They're a quality team, Uh, but the way that this game happened, very disappointing for the Golden State Warriors. Again, the final score, 141-105. to The Warriors opened this up by just allowing New Orleans lanes to the hoop and and open three-pointers time and time again. I mean, think about how this game started tonight. Uh, The Warriors, on their offensive possessions, uh turnovers two turnovers on their first two offensive possessions tonight one by Jonathan Kaminga one by Stephen Curry uh how about what they did defensively to open the game New Orleans first seven shots from the field were threes they made five of them they were all open threes and they led 15 to 4 three minutes in really all of their first seven shots uh were open they were all three-pointers Another ugly performance early for the Golden State Warriors. It caused Steve Kerr to call a timeout, and they didn't really ever recover. Uh, Steve Kerr went with a new but familiar starting lineup today. I remember, last time out on Sunday, it was Andrew Wiggins and Trace Jackson Davis in the starting lineup. So the starting five last time out for the Warriors was Steph, Clay, Wiggins, Kaminga, and Trace Jackson Davis. Tonight, it was Steph, Uh, Pajemsky, Clay, Kaminga, and Kavon Looney. Um, But as we're seeing now, the Golden State Warriors, really whatever unit they throw out there, they just can't defend. And that was the case again tonight. Again, you, you give up 141 points, 46 points allowed in the first quarter, the most points the Warriors have allowed in a single quarter all season long, the most points the Warriors have allowed in a first quarter at home since 1991. And you do that on the tail end, of the embarrassment that was Sunday night against the Toronto Raptors when they were just running layup lines to the hoop the whole game. You allowed 76 points in the first half of that game. Uh, In this game at the half, uh, the Warriors were down uh, by 13. They allowed 73 points in the first half of this game. Another very, very ugly performance for the Golden State Warriors. And you feel like after what you witnessed on Sunday, right, after what this team did on Sunday, which, as we talked about, you know, on Warriors' wrap up on Sunday evening, right here on 95 7, the game, where's the Warriors' competitive spirit, their desire, their fight? It just felt like a game the Warriors didn't really care for. They didn't really want to win. They didn't try to win it. They went out there and kind of slept, walked through that game. And to the Warriors' credit, in years past, they could kind of do that at this stage of the season, right? Because in years past, the Warriors would be like, 28 and 8, in first place in the Western Conference. And you know, you lose a, a Sunday evening game at home. What's the big deal in you know in January, right? But this is a Warriors team that's fighting for their lives, not just as a playoff team, but in in the play-in. Like right now, they're on the outside looking in in the play-in tournament, which the top 10 teams in each conference make. Only five teams in each conference don't make the play-in. The Warriors right now with 17 and 20 are sitting in 12th place out of 15 teams in the Western Conference. The Warriors don't have the ability not to just kind of sleepwalk through games. So that was, that was what happened on Sunday. And that was frustrating in its own right. But you feel like, all right, you got Monday off, you got Tuesday off. Draymond is back in the building. He addresses the media for the first time. You feel like maybe you can put that behind you a little bit. It's less of a distraction. Now he's back with the team. He's practicing. Steve Kerr said he scrimmaged today. Uh, He also said he hopes that he's back at some point during this upcoming road trip that the Warriors are going on. You feel like you could maybe put behind uh, the embarrassment of what was Sunday evening. With a a solid start tonight, but that was not the case at all. Again, the Warriors, uh, they allowed 46 points in the first quarter. Three minutes in, they were down by 11 points already. And how about this for the Golden State Warriors? Before we go any further, and I want to get to the lines, uh, Big Smooth, I see you. I'm coming to you in a minute. If you want to join in, give me a call, 888-957-9570. That's also the Comcast Business text line. And I'm keeping an eye on the YouTube chat, as always, powered by First NorCal Credit Union. The YouTube chat going crazy right now. I'll get to all you guys before the night is over. Um, But how about this? The last two games for the Golden State Warriors. So each game in in the NBA, 48 minutes long. So over the last two games, the Warriors have played 96 minutes of basketball. In those 96 minutes of basketball, the Warriors have trailed for 94 minutes and 52 seconds. They've been tied for 1 minute and 8 seconds, and they've led for 0 seconds. Over the last two games of basketball, the Warriors have not led for a single second. And the only time they've been tied is the first few moments of each game. They did not score first in each game. They got a stop in the Toronto game to begin the game, uh, but they did not score uh, themselves, uh, and they ultimately fell behind early in that game. But again, over the last two games of Warriors basketball, 96 total minutes of on-court action. The Warriors have trailed for 94 minutes and 52 seconds. They've been tied for 1 minute and 8 seconds. And they've led for zero seconds. That's just kind of sums up how bad it's been for the Golden State Warriors. And you're looking at consecutive very ugly losses. On Sunday, 133 to 118, it wasn't even that close. It was a 15-point final score. The Warriors were down by 20-plus for much of the night, and they lose tonight, 141 to 105, uh, and they trailed by as many at, as 41 points at one point all right let's get to the phone line see you're on warriors wrap up we want to hear from you all night long here on 95 7 the game so give me a call 888-957-9570 888-957-9570 we will hear from steve kerr before the night is over as well as he addresses the podium uh after another lifeless loss for the golden state warriors we got to talk a little bit about steve kerr and his future with the golden state warriors as well so that's coming up but first as promised it's big smooth in oakland big smooth what's up you're on warriors wrap up here on 95 7 the game how you doing
5: hey i'm good man wow um Pelicans were hot knife and the Warriors were butter. I mean, it was almost identical scores. That last debacle with the with the feisty Toronto Raptors. I mean, come on, these teams are coming into your house, punching you in the face, and we we have no answer. You know what's really frustrating is to watch Moody put in two good games, last couple of games over twenty, I believe. Um, and then he was doing this before he stopped playing. He was doing this. He was doing the same thing. Several DMPs. This is what's frustrating: is he a DMP player or is he a guy that can go out to get you twenty? We, Steve has got to explain why Moody wasn't playing more because he certainly shot Podinsky up in the line in the lineup. Moody just was was sitting, and he's capable of doing this. It's just start, it's starting to get ridiculous. If we're if we're gonna be the, it's a great timeout. Warriors <laughs> play all the rookies. Stack with it because because we may as well bring Thunder back at this point. This is ridiculous. And then one other thing. Andrew Wiggins, minus twenty nine, five, paltry points, two anemic rebounds. Are you kidding? Listen, whatever's going on with Andrew Wiggins, I wish him well. But he, he, it, why are we still talking about a possible trade? We should try to move him. Hey, move him up to Toronto to be with his brother and RJ Barrett, both Toronto kids. Move him out. We got to move him, man. He's giving us nothing. His paycheck is too hefty. To get these kind of results. I mean, that uh, w- what are we waiting for? Are we going to wait for more performances? Because what's going to happen is people are going to start turning the TV like I did today. It's ridiculous. So we're going to see what the Warriors are going to do about this. People are starting to take their eyeballs off this team because, I mean, I don't care if we lose by 15-something, but when there's no effort, when you're just standing there and, and, and teams are just doing a, a back to, like you said, the layup line. It's, it was another layup line game. And after that Toronto game, you wouldn't think that you would see that again, but you see it back-to-back. Something else is wrong. we I, I don't, We got to get Andrew Wiggins on to where he wants to go play basketball if, in fact, he wants to ever play again. All right, anyway, thank you for the, uh, for the uh, platform. Have a great
2: evening. Yeah, you too, Big Smooth. Appreciate the call. Uh, I, I think Big Smooth hit on a couple of important things. First of all, Moses Moody. If you are looking for a positive tonight, it is Moses Moody. However, he did leave the game in the fourth quarter. Steve Kerr has spoken. We will hear from him before the night is over. Moses Moody has a calf strain and will undergo an MRI. Uh, don't really know the results, of course, just yet when we don't know if this is going to be something that costs Moody a game, a couple of games, three games, four games, five games, we don't know. Uh, but Steve Kerr has said it's a calf strain for Moses Moody. Uh, it looked like it was his left calf. I think it happened in the fourth quarter. He went up for a dunk and couldn't quite uh, jam it in and maybe landed a little awkwardly on that left leg. It's a calf strain, uh, and he will have an MRI, according to Steve Kerr. Uh, but I think the other thing that Big Smooth mentioned that is – certainly worth talking about. Um, It is that Warrior fans are starting to give up on this team. And as Big Smooth said, turn the channel. They're starting to not watch this team play basketball. If you were at Chase Center tonight, first of all, I really want to hear from you because it's the second consecutive game that Warrior fans, at least some of them inside of Chase, have booed this team. If you were at Chase Center, give me a call, 888-957-9570. Were you booing at Chase Center tonight? I don't blame you if you were. Uh, were you not? Why weren't you? Why were you? I want And I want to hear from you and, and what it was like inside of Chase Center because I, I don't have the ability to be there uh, and host this show from the station. Um, but I'm curious what it was like inside the building tonight because for the second consecutive game, at least a portion of Warrior fans have booed this team. Two straight games. It happened on Sunday against Toronto, and it happened again tonight. Um, And that sort of thing, paired with attendance, uh, Warrior fans obviously were there again. It was another sellout. I think the Warriors are approaching like 500 consecutive sellouts uh, from Oracle Arena and now to Chase Center, uh, which is uh, like approaching... NFL, or NFL NBA historic record status like you're, you're in that stratosphere are the Golden State Warriors. if this continues, fans keep leaving early uh maybe you, your your sellout streak ends uh you get fewer eyeballs on your games every single night. that's what's going to get on Joe Lacob's nerves. I mean Joe Lacob is paying a premium for this roster and not only are they you know losing games, at least early in the season, they were being competitive, right? Like it's something Steve Kerr would mention almost every single time he was asked about his confidence in this team. He'd say, "Well, we've been just we've been in just about every single one of these games. Like what is it? The Warriors have played 28 clutch games so far this season, right? And clutch games are games where the the, the score is within five points within the final five minutes of regulation or overtime. Almost every single game the Warriors have played this year has been close. Not recently." Not recently for the Golden State Warriors. It was not on Sunday and it was not today. And if that continues and fans keep leaving early, maybe fewer fans show up and not as many Warrior fans are watching the games, that becomes a financial issue for Joe Lacob. And he's paying incredible amounts of of tax for this roster that simply is not getting it done. And we're approaching uh, a, a situation where there's so much frustration around the Golden State Warriors um, that maybe it just doesn't become financially feasible for Joe up moving forward. And the other thing, and I'm going to get back to the phone lines in a minute. I see all of you, Justin and Alex and others, were coming to you in just a minute. The other thing for this Golden State Warriors team, and I'll preface this by saying I'm not sure... I'll ever get on board to the Steve Kerr should be fired bandwagon. And I know, I think after every single Warrior game, that bandwagon grows. Um, Performances like this tonight, paired with what happened on Sunday, those kinds of performances, those kinds of games, this kind of embarrassing loss, it's what gets coaches fired. Like These kinds of losses, these kinds of games at home after an ugly loss and your team does not respond at all, these are the kind of games that can get your coach fired. Now, it's a little different because Steve Kerr, is a made man. He's won four championships with this franchise. He's one of the the best coaches, the most successful coaches this league has ever seen. So this is not a normal situation for Steve Kerr. But say this was a normal situation. Steve Kerr was not a four-time champion. These are the kind of games and performances that get a head coach fired. They are. They are. After what you did on Sunday and how disheartening that was... you you even said it after the game Steve Kerr did on Sunday like we just don't have the competitive spirit the competitive desire right now and i guarantee you Steve Kerr is pleading with his team behind the scenes he's i'm sure he's saying all of the right things i mean the, the energy the the ability to compete and to fight for rebounds and you know to get your hands in passing lanes for steals that's not necessarily like a coaching thing it's not like I can teach you to do that it's just like a decision by your individual players so I mean at a certain extent I can't really blame Kerr for the lack of that but if your head coach is also unable to light a fire under your guys that's still a really big problem And if Steve Kerr wasn't a four-time champion, again, if this was a normal situation where you didn't have the end of a dynasty and you had a Hall of Fame coach and you have Hall of Fame players on your roster, and the Warriors are not a a normal situation, but if you were a normal situation, these are the kind of games back-to-back that get your head coach fired. And it's getting more and more and more difficult at this point to ignore the fact that At the very least, there seems to be a little bit of pressure on Steve Kerr. It's mounting for him to get this figured out. And at the very least, for his team to show like they care, to show a little bit more effort, because otherwise people might come to the conclusion that Steve Kerr has lost this team. It is drifting into that area right now for the Golden State Warriors. All right, Warriors Wrap Up continues here on 957 the game. Mark Randy with you. Let's go back out to the phone lines. Up next is Alex in San Mateo. Alex, what's up? You're on Warriors Wrap Up here on 957 the game. How you doing, Alex?
6: Hey, thanks for taking my call. I just want to keep this uh short and sweet. Uh sweet anybody that's blaming Kerr needs to look at the roster. Um, And think of a coach that could do more with this team, uh, aside from Spolstra, who is by far the best. Our second best guy is unplayable. Clay is too inconsistent to be a secondary scorer. Dre has, Draymond has literally lost his mind. I don't buy anything that he said on his podcast, sponsored by Clutch Sports. Um, That's three of the four main guys that can't be counted on. Our second best player is still too raw. Our third best player is a rookie, my goodness. Uh, only criticism so far is uh, not playing Moody and TJD more. Our shooters can't make open shots, and our defenders can't stay healthy, and they also just cannot communicate whatsoever. I think you need to ship Kaminga out because at uh, the way he's going, he's not going to even make it to the level that Siakam is. Even if you bring Siakam in as your second option, again, he can drive. He can defend, he can handle the ball, but he cannot shoot. I do not trust his shot moving forward. It's been down this year. He was never a great shooter. Even if you bring in Markinen, which I think would be great, he's still a catch-and-shoot player, and when the playoffs come, we still need that secondary ball handler to uh, you know, just break down the defenses. So, again, we're in a tough spot, and that's why I think Mike Dunleavy Jr., we need to put more faith into him. He was one of the first to uh, bring up Poole. He believed in Poole. Again, with that second-round pick, he found Poole out of, you know, that pile of trash. Um, And Poole is a great – he is an NBA player. So, again, to be able to bring him out from that second-round, you know, draft area, that's pretty amazing. I don't think – if Michael Blueyview Jr. was in charge of our previous drafts, he would not have passed over Halliburton – or, um, you know, a uh, Franz Wagner whatsoever. Um, I think we can see this, the writing on the wall. The team has given up, and I think um, tough decisions need to be made, including with Curry. Um, again, we need to start putting more faith into Mike Dunleavy Jr. moving forward. Unfortunately, that's just true, but we do have our foundation in place, almost like with the Niners, John Lynch and Shannon. And maybe Kerr won't be around for that, but I do Real, genuinely have faith in Mike Dunleavy Jr. moving forward. Thanks for taking my call.
2: Yeah, thanks, Alex. A couple of things. Jordan Poole was a first-round pick, and he was a pick by Bob Myers. Um, so we're not going to give Mike Dunleavy Jr. credit for the Jordan Poole pick. That was Bob Myers. Um, and and the other thing, I think, in in defense of Steve Kerr for a moment, um, and I know that I, I'm looking at the YouTube chat right now, the Comcast Business text line as well, 888-957-9570. A lot of Warrior fans speaking up right now that aren't fans of Steve Kerr, but just for a moment, in defense of Steve Kerr, he is trying like every single combination that he can think of right now. Every single combination he can think of. I mean, the last three games for the Golden State Warriors, we've seen three different starting lineups. Three different starting lineups. And it's it's been the case for like the last 3 weeks now the Warriors have kind of consistently been changing things up. And I've said Time and time again here on this show with you on 95.7 The Game. I really care less about the starting lineup. It's it's more about what core group is playing the most minutes and who do you go to uh, when you close games, in close games. And we haven't really seen that the last couple of games. Like If you're keeping an eye on rotations and minutes and potential groupings, throw out the fourth quarter of each of the last two games because it doesn't really matter. And really entirely, you can throw out the first two games because you get down by 20 plus points in the first quarter and then all hell breaks loose and and you're just trying to, to find things. So you can't really learn too much from the last two games. But in defense of Steve Kerr, like he tried Andrew Wiggins and Jonathan Kaminga together in the starting lineup, along with Steph and Clay and Looney, right? Like it's been Steph and Clay; those are the the consistence in the starting lineup. And he has tried almost everything else. The only thing that he hasn't tried yet is Moses Moody in the starting lineup. And I, I my prediction today was Moses Moody was going to get a start. Didn't happen. The Warriors went back to Brandon Pajemsky, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Brandon Pajemsky, Jonathan Kaminga, and Kavon Looney. I thought Moses Moody was going to get a start because that three-guard lineup, Steph, Clay, and Pajemski, I'm sorry. You can't have that group against today's NBA when you have elite wings and the length of the Pelicans, and we've seen it earlier, Toronto's even got length. You can't put out that three-guard lineup. They're going to get smoked on the defensive end every single time out. And it's not like Moses Moody is an elite defender, but at least he gives you the ability to contend with some of that size and some of that athleticism. Um, So I'm going to stick with my prediction. I think next time out for the Golden State Warriors, uh, you got one day off, then you play on Thursday. As you open up another road trip, the Golden State Warriors, uh, you're off tomorrow on thursday you play on friday in chicago then on saturday in milwaukee monday uh, in memphis uh, and wednesday in utah i think the warriors on friday when they announce their starting lineup it will include moses moody because i think the warriors have no choice but to try to move away from any sort of any sort of thought about the offensive end of the floor your defense is killing you right now. And I know the offense wasn't particularly pretty today. You only score 105 points, but you had 60 points in the first half. I will continue to argue the offense is not the problem. It has not for a second been the problem this season. It is the defense. You give up 141 points today. Last time out, you gave up 133, and 76 of those 133 on Sunday were in the first half. So I think Moses Moody has got to be in the starting lineup not because he is going to again magically transform this into a good group defensively but it can't possibly be worse than the three man you know core uh, of of the guards Steph Clay and Brandon Pajemski entering the game tonight that three man group had a defensive rating of 126 that's bad like 100 is good 100 is elite 126 that's bad, and I'm sure that three-man group, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Brandon Pajemski, uh, I'm sure that group and that number only got worse tonight. Uh, so if, if we're making an official prediction for the Golden State Warriors moving forward, I think we see another change to the starting lineup, uh, and that starts on Friday. I think it'll be Moses Moody because I'm not sure what other... Um, change Steve Kerr has up his sleeve he doesn't have another option he's tried Jonathan Kaminga and Andrew Wiggins he's tried Brandon Pajemski he's tried Chase Jackson Davis he's tried Kevon Looney he's tried all of this he's tried all of this and it hasn't been working but you gotta at least credit him for trying to find things out it, but it hasn't worked for the Golden State Warriors yet. All right, got to take a break here on Warriors Wrap-Up. When we come back, a couple more calls to get to Lucas and Ryan. Lucas was at Chase. Lucas, I'm going to come to you right on the other side. Stick with us through this five-minute break. We'll come back, get to more of the calls.
1: You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage
2: match limited by state law. As Warriors wrap-up continues, the Warriors fall to the Pelicans. More coming up next on 95.7 The Game. Now back to
4: Warriors wrap up on 95 7 The Game.
2: Welcome back. Warriors fall to the Pelicans. Final score 141 to 105. We're reacting to it here on Warriors wrap up on 95 7 The Game. Mark Randy with you. All right, we got a couple of calls to get to. We will right away. Lucas and Ryan, I'm coming to you. We also have a big chunk of Steve Kerr's post-game press conference from tonight uh, to run by you. You will want to hear it. Steve Kerr talking about this team, two consecutive games, looking lifeless on the court. You get down by double digits before you can even blink uh, when both of these games tip off. Uh, and consecutive ugly performances by the Golden State Warriors, gutless performances by the Golden State Warriors. Uh, we'll hear from Steve Kerr coming up in just a moment. But as promised, he's been holding on through the break. Lucas, who was at Chase Center, is calling. Lucas, what's up? You're on Warriors wrap up here on ninety five seven. The game. What was the environment like at Chase Center tonight, Lucas?
7: Man, uh, it was. It's, it's hard to explain. I've been going to so many live sports games my entire life, and. Giants Niners Warriors like you can name it and I've never seen such a flat crowd before even like the A's like when you go to an A stadium it's dead and it felt like going to an A's game like the crowd wasn't into it the booing wasn't like too bad like it was it was a little fun I don't know how well you could hear on television but it was it was embarrassing and that first quarter you just get punched in the mouth and it was really bad to watch there was a lot of life in the team in the second quarter. The offense did great all around until the fourth quarter, in my opinion. But the defense, and particularly the transition defense, it was just embarrassing. Like, it, it was nothing I've ever seen before. And you've you got to give credit to New Orleans. They have been a terrific team. I mean, they've been blowing out a bunch of elite teams. So it's no surprise to me that the Warriors got embarrassed tonight. But in your own home crowd, I saw on ESPN that it's the worst loss at home in the Steve Kerr era, which is just crazy. And the fact to go there live and see it is just unbearable to think of. And there's, now it makes sense that the tickets were cheap. We, (laughs) we looked at the tickets. They were, they were wildly cheap tonight. We got pretty solid seats, um, but there was nothing to show up for it. It was just embarrassing all around Um, or talking about Andrew Wiggins in the trade. I don't even know what we could get out of Wiggins right now. He was bad. Like we got, like, 23-ish minutes, five points, minus 29, plus and plus minus. Like, having a guy have no contribution to the court, we're not even going to get Siakam from it. Even with Kaminga, like, sure, he's a young prospect. He's got a lot of promise. He's very talented, very athletic. But there's nothing to show for it right now, even with the minutes tonight. Like, he started – I didn't see much from him, but neither did the whole team. Um, I'm It's just – I'm at a loss, to be honest. Like, it was embarrassing to see, and – As a sports journalist, I was kind of iffy on the Warriors this season. I I had initially wrote at the beginning of the season that I thought that we would be better than last year with Chris Paul, a little bit more veteran status to it. I felt like we were a little bit deeper. Obviously, like with Draymond's situation and Chris Paul being hurt, like you have those issues right now, but this team just has lost all of its energy and all of its culture and everything, and we're only in January. We still got the second half of the season to play we're not even at all-star break yet and this team has just lost everything right now like it was a total breakdown tonight and I'm hoping that it gets better than a 36 point home loss but after going three and ten in the home stretch I know Draymond was out but three and ten like that is that is unheard of it better it has to get better by now like it's unacceptable
2: I hope you're right, Lucas. I hope it does get better. It's hard to get worse from this point for the Golden State Warriors, um, but they're they're showing zero signs of life right now, and uh, you're right. I mean, Andrew Wiggins, his last three games have just been absolutely dreadful, and if the Warriors are thinking about trying to trade him, and at the moment I think he's the likeliest warrior to be moved at the deadline, um, he is not playing like the Warriors are going to be able to get much out of him. You're right, uh, Lucas, I mean, Andrew Wiggins tonight, 2 of 8 from the field, 5 points, minus 29. Last time out, he had 3 points, 1 of 6 from the field, minus 29 as well. Uh, The Detroit game, which the Warriors actually won, Wiggins only scored 3 points in that game, 1 of 5 from the field. So in his last 3 games, Andrew Wiggins has scored a combined 11 points on 4 of 19 shootings. Man, he's uh what minus twenty nine minus twenty nine minus five. That's what minus sixty three, minus sixty three. Andrew Wiggins in his last three games, eleven total points. Two, pardon me, four of nineteen from the field. Four of nineteen from the field, and tonight just reinforces it. I don't think. Uh, if if Steve Kerr is trying to win basketball games, which he clearly is, it is it is his job as head coach of the Golden State Warriors. If he's trying to win basketball games right now, he 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 can't keep playing Andrew Wiggins. He certainly can't ever start Andrew Wiggins again. Uh, but you can't you just can't play Andrew Wiggins. And it's not like Andrew Wiggins was the only issue tonight. Uh, Brendan Pajemski, probably his worst game as a professional. He was a minus 31 in 25 minutes. Uh, He did have nine rebounds. Uh, He's active on the glass. His activity is always going to be there, and he was active, uh, but 1 of 6 from the field, 0 of 2 from downtown, had a couple of turnovers. Uh, He wasn't the worst warrior tonight by any stretch, but... Again, one of, if not his worst game as a professional. And he's a rookie. Those things are going to happen. Trace Jackson Davis, also um, not the best tonight. Now, he did get a bunch of garbage time points. He had 19 points, 9 of 11 from the field. Um, I always look deeper than just the points and the field goals and how many buckets he got. Um He tends to over-help and over-rotate defensively, and it leaves the Warriors exposed on the back end. It was not his best game. Um, Stephen Curry and Klay Thompson. Klay was fine shooting-wise, 5 of 10. He had 13 points, was a minus 17, but he turned the ball over three times. Stephen Curry turned the ball over three times. Jonathan Kaminga turned the ball over three times. Kaminga hasn't had his best games now, like almost three consecutive games after he came out and the report from his camp that he's lost faith in Steve Kerr. I know he had more glowing things to say postgame from his own mouth, not a report from his camp and from his agents and all of that. Uh, and he said, you know, he, he trusts Steve Kerr and he wants to be here and he loves the Warriors and all of that. Uh, he hasn't necessarily come out and played great since then. Um, plenty of blame to go around, but if we're just focusing on Andrew Wiggins for a minute, I don't know how Steve Curran good conscious can keep playing him more than like a stint to see if he plays well. And if he doesn't play well, you got to take him out. And you can't play him again. He is actively sinking you in these games right now. And the reason I have no clue. Your guess is as good as mine because Andrew Wiggins was the Warriors second best player on a championship team 19 months ago. What the hell has happened? That's the million-dollar question. It's the multi-million-dollar question. Remember when Andrew Wiggins signed his contract and everyone was like, oh, my God, he took a major discount. He's he's now part of the core. He's going to help this team compete for years to come, right? And now the conversation is, well, (laughs) one, he's not helping us. Two, he's been so bad we're not going to be able to get anything for him. And three, it doesn't matter. We still want to get rid of him. It's incredible how the conversation has changed. But if we are playing the blame game, we're, we're sorting through uh, who deserves blame for the Warriors' issues. We've talked about Steve Kerr. We just talked about Andrew Wiggins. Uh, who do you think? Give me a call, 888 957 I'm keeping an eye on the Comcast Business text line and the YouTube chat. Uh, our YouTube page, Twitch and YouTube, powered by First NorCal Credit Union. Uh, you got to also talk about Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. I mean, at a certain point, you just need your stars to play like stars, and lately that has not been the case. Steph Curry today, 15 points, 4 of 13 from the field, 3 of 8 from downtown, 3 turnovers. Klay Thompson, 13 points, 5 of 10 from the field, 3 of 7, 4 rebounds, a couple assists. He was a minus 17. Steph was a minus 4. Not like those guys were terrible, uh, but they're not playing up to their standards. And at a... At a certain point, I mean, NBA is a star-driven league. If your stars aren't playing well, you're going to lose. If your stars are playing well, they can help you overcome a lot of other stuff. And recently for the Golden State Warriors, their stars haven't been playing like stars. And it was something that Steve Kerr talked about uh, It was yesterday when he addressed the media after Draymond Green did. Uh, we're putting too much on Steph Curry's shoulders. He's carrying too big of a burden. How do you alleviate the burden? Well, with a a roster that that you have right now, which is kind of Steph and everybody else to a certain extent, you you need everyone else to play better, and that is not happening right now for the Golden State Warriors. Steve Kerr pointed to the fact that uh, the way to ease the burden off of Steph Curry is to play better defense. That's not happening with this group with this personnel, with this roster. I mean, you're without Draymond Green. That's number one overall. Draymond Green is certainly going to help this team. He is certainly going to help this team, but he's not solving nearly everything. The Warriors have issues um, that go well beyond Draymond Green's absence, but you're without Draymond Green, still one of the better defenders in the NBA. You're without Chris Paul, who despite being nearly 40 years old, is a quality defender, He's not going to shut anyone down, and he doesn't have the quickness to stay in front of elite, you know, ball handlers and dribblers and drivers, um, but he's a little bit of, of kind of a point guard on the defensive end as well. Draymond is that for the Golden State Warriors. You're without Gary Payton the second. You could argue that the Warriors' three best defensive players are out. Maybe you don't think Chris Paul is the third best Warriors defender, but you could argue I mean, three of the Warriors' best defenders are not out there. So, naturally, you're going to struggle defensively, and you're going to get Draymond back. Steve Kerr said he hopes it's going to be on this road trip, uh, a challenging road trip, by the way, for the Golden State Warriors, and and they limp into it. But in order to make things easier on your team, on Steph Curry, on Klay Thompson, on your offense, you're going to need to be better defensively. At least that's what Steve Kerr said. All right. 888-957-9570, 888 957 That is the number to call. It's the Comcast Business text line as well. We got to hear from Steve Kerr after this game here on Warriors Wrap-Up. We'll hear a big chunk of his post-game pressure. We'll come back. We'll react to it. Uh, we got a lot more to get into here on Warriors Wrap-up. But first, here's Steve Kerr uh, as he addressed the media after the Warriors lost today. The final score to the New Orleans Pelicans final score 141 to 105 one of the more uh, embarrassing Warriors losses of the season here's the head coach Steve Kerr
3: How disappointing is it now back to back games where you are hearing boos at home and maybe you felt again that some of those boos were many of them were deserved from the effort that your team showed out there
4: Yeah we deserved it for sure you know fell fell behind immediately um and uh, I think I think we're just lacking confidence right now. You know, it's, it's um, you just sort of um, you get to a, a stage sometimes where you just kind of lose your uh, your belief and uh, it happens. And that's what's happened right now with our team the last few days. I think we've um, you know, we've just lost the spirit and the confidence that that has to carry you, you know, against um, talented teams night in and night out.
2: So some of your roughest nights this season have been kind of like blown leads um, but are these two nights the last, is, is this a more concerning you know thing to happen? Of course it,
4: yeah. of course yeah we weren't competitive these last two two games and uh, you know that one of the coaches on the way down said're we're, we're, we're the quietest team. Ever, you know, and and uh, I think without without Draymond and Chris, it's really exposed just um, there's there's not much chatter defensively. There's you know, we have we do have a very quiet group of guys, um, you know, with this particular team that's out there now. And and we probably need a a pick me up. We need Draymond. We need Chris. We need, you know, we need guys who can kind of rally the troops right now. And um, it's, um, you know, when you're going through it like this, um, there's only one way out, and that's to fight together, to compete together. And somehow we got to get stops. I mean, you know, we gave up 141 points. They scored at will, and um, you know, we we have to be able to get stops to be to be competitive.
5: Steve, I know when you guys came back from Denver on Christmas, you guys kind of looked forward to this homestand as a chance to kind of come together. Um, now that it's over, what do you? How do you? What do you make of what happened over the course of these last seven games?
4: Yeah, I mean, I, we we obviously uh, failed in in, in our uh, desire to, to build some momentum during this stretch. We lost. Six of eight um, obviously the Denver game was uh, was a gut punch you know that's the one we felt like we uh, we had and and uh, they they snatched it um, and and I think you know that that really um, you know with the injury um, to Chris um, it, it seems to have just kind of um, sapped us a little bit of, of confidence and direction we just seem out of sync you know at both ends right now uh,
3: Coach, in the past, you've talked about in some of these situations and tough games, uh, going back and going through them, watching them. What can you take away from this game following Sunday? And, and will you go back and, and watch it? with the Oh, yeah.
4: Definitely? I mean, uh, you know, definitely going to watch it. Um, but, um, you know, we head to Chicago tomorrow. we got a back-to-back. So, I mean, this is the NBA. You know, there's, there's not much time to, uh, you know, to sort of... Get yourself together and and you know reconnect, refocus, all that. I mean, there's a game instantly, and so we have no choice. We've got to we got to get better quickly, and we got to be more competitive and more connected. And you know, that's we got a big job ahead for sure.
3: Uh, Pajemci's been playing well for for a rookie. Dropped into this. Uh, what do you think's happened? Kind of last couple of games. Is it just size. Maybe some bigger wings uh, getting to him. What, what I think it was minus 31 at night. Uh, what do you see happening with him?
4: Well, it could be a little bit of the rookie wall. You know, this is the time where um, you, you've you've played uh, a lot of games and um, the calendar turns, and you still have 50 games left. Whatever it is, um, you know, you, he may be a little tired. Um, but uh, last couple of games, he hasn't knocked down a shot which um sometimes when the shot goes um you know it it, it looks worse than it is um but um i, I do think uh, his his defense hasn't been as good um these last couple games uh, um could be size um like i said could be rookie well but um yeah he'll bounce back i believe in brandon you mentioned you think the team has kind of, in a sense, lost some of its confidence, which, you know, points
6: to not just solely being a basketball thing. Do you think, you know, a road trip where you guys are, you know, a little together more and away from some of the noise here at Chase Center, do you think that can be helpful?
4: I hope so. You know, that's, uh, we got our next four on the road, so we got to get it together.
3: After the, the Denver loss on this homestand, Steph said, we're not losing hope, right? We're not losing hope yet. But where is the line between loss and confidence right now and losing hope?
4: Well, look, we're in the, we're in the middle of the season. We, there's a long way to go, and so um, this is all kind of part of it. Um, when you're uh, when you're struggling as a team in the middle of an NBA season, um, you can't lose hope. Um, so you have to you have to fight your way, and that's that's all there is to it. I mean, there's I, there, I, we can talk about it in a million different ways, but um, you know, we we just got hammered back-to-back games at home um we got to get better in a hurry
3: you mentioned a little while ago that this is why you kept the starting lineup <laughs> you gave them so many chances uh, from last season because who knows what happens right. if you right. start changing obviously there were reasons to do it but do you feel that's kind of been the thing that's kind of shaken this team Not you know just kind of broken down some of the things that held this team together well
4: i mean we we went away from that lineup for a reason we were struggling and we weren't uh, we weren't clicking with that lineup um but the the result um has been we're we're scattered we're all over the place with lineups um we're you know trying to find different combinations and uh you know whereas uh, you know a lot of teams like new orleans are really rounding into form they know exactly who they are um you know we're we're scattered and um so we and that's You know, you can point to a number of reasons why. and None of them matter. The the only thing that matters is we are scattered and we've got to find some continuity and find some lineups and uh, find some fight. You talk about uh, silence on the court um, without Draymond or Chris. Do you look to Steph to encourage him to kind of pick up that role since guys look to him to always close out the games? We look to Steph for everything. And and it's, uh, you know, we can't expect him to all of a sudden be a, a huge voice. I mean, that's just, you know, everybody is who they are and so he's naturally a you know a quiet person he's incredibly competitive but
2: um it it doesn't become his job now that's steve kerr from earlier today addressing the media after the warriors lose to the pelicans 141 to 105 consecutive uh, not just ugly performances that really doesn't do it justice lifeless lethargic uh Absolutely zero energy, lack of pride performances for the Golden State Warriors. Uh, and Steve Kerr saying that he thinks his team has lost its spirit, confidence, and belief. And based on what they've put on tape the last two games, I believe it. It looks that way. It feels that way. It sounds that way. And whether it's fair or not, if you think this is just a a terrible roster and Steve Kerr has nothing to turn to, no other options, he's exhausted everything he can. Maybe you feel that way. Uh, I don't think he's exhausted everything, but he's getting darn near close to exhausting every possible combination, lineup, unit to look at. Uh, Even if you feel that way, your team loses their spirit, confidence, and belief, as Steve Kerr said. That's the kind of stuff that get coaches fired. It is. If this was any other franchise in the NBA, uh, the conversation around the head coach would be way more advanced than it is here around Steve Kerr. Now, Steve Kerr has deserved and earned the benefit of the doubt. I'm not up here saying that the Warriors should fire Steve Kerr, that Joe Lacob should be sick and tired of this, and he should want to move on. Don't. I, that's not what I'm saying at all. But all I am saying is, because of what Steve Kerr has done and what he's accomplished, and it's one of the more historic, incredible things that any coach has done in the NBA, because of that, this conversation uh, isn't nearly as extreme as it would be elsewhere. You follow up a performance on Sunday... Against the Raptors, where you were lifeless and you gave up seventy six points in the first half, and you put a little run together in the third quarter, but then ultimately you fell right back to to, to all the issues that led to the deficit in the first half. And you follow that up by allowing forty six points in the first quarter tonight, and then you come out post game and say your team has lost their spirit, confidence, and belief. That's the kind of stuff that gets coaches fired. And if this continues for the Golden State Warriors, we could be heading down that road. For Steve Kerr, as crazy as that is to say, considering everything he has accomplished with this franchise, I just don't know how long Joe Lakeup, paying the incredible exorbitant tax bill that he is, I don't know how Joe Lakeup, how much longer Joe Lakeup can keep up with that, and that's the reality for the Golden State Warriors. Um, I think the other thing that comes out of this game that that I think gets pushed to the forefront. Uh, the NBA trading deadline is four weeks from tomorrow. Four weeks from tomorrow. And previously, previously, I felt that the Golden State Warriors are going to make a move. They're going to be active at the deadline. doesn't necessarily mean they're going to get a star during uh, the trade deadline or right before the deadline. But I thought they would need to wait a while, close to the deadline, to make a move. Because you get Draymond Green back, as Steve Kerr uh, has said Uh, They hope during this four-game road trip when the Golden State Warriors go to Chicago on Friday.
1: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: Milwaukee on Saturday, Memphis on Monday, and Utah on Wednesday. Uh, They hope that Draymond Green is back at some point during that road trip. And they need to see what this team is like with Draymond Green, right? So as a result, I felt like they want to get as large of a sample as they possibly could with Draymond Green before making a potentially uh, big move and before shaking things up big time. They would want to know everything they possibly can about this roster, the reality for the Golden State Warriors right now, their reality is if they wait another four weeks, they might be out of the playoff picture entirely because that's where this team is headed right now. And by the time the trade deadline comes around, it might be too late. Even if there is a home run acquisition on the table, if you're able, say for whatever reason, let's just pretend, say for whatever reason the Utah Jazz say, you know what, Golden State, we'll give you market in for Andrew Wiggins. We'll give you market in for Andrew Wiggins, which of course they wouldn't. But I'm just saying, if there was a home run acquisition on the table, and the and Utah Jazz call up Mike Dunleavy Jr. and say that. Say, hey, just give us Wiggins, we'll give you Lowry marketing. Just say that happens. I know it would never happen, but just pretend the Warriors luck out and that is on the table. If that happens four weeks from now, again, the deadline, four weeks and one day away. If that happens four weeks from now, it might be too late. The Warriors might be in too big of a hole. So I think the reality for the Golden State Warriors is If they're going to make a move to try to help them win this season, it has to come sooner as opposed to later. It has to come sooner opposed to later. Because, again, you just might not have enough time to dig yourself out of the hole you're currently digging yourself in. Right now, the Golden State Warriors, 12th in the Western Conference at 17-20. and 20. The Utah Jazz, as I speak right now, they lead Denver by 16 points with four minutes to go in Utah. That win would push Utah a full game ahead of the Golden State Warriors. The Warriors are a game and a half out of the final play-in spot. They're five and a half games out of the final playoff spot, which is the sixth seed. And that spot is the New Orleans, uh, New Orleans Pelicans, the team that just beat the Golden State Warriors, uh, by 36 points tonight. If the Golden State Warriors are thinking about making a move before the deadline to acquire a star and to help them try to win now, I think it has to happen earlier as opposed to later. Now, maybe the move that the Golden State Warriors end up making is not for a star. Maybe they move off of Andrew Wiggins and they acquire young talent. They try to sell off some of their expensive pieces. Uh, Maybe Klay Thompson gets moved. If this continues poorly, that could be the direction the Warriors go. Alleviate some of the tax burden, get younger assets. Maybe it's just draft picks, whatever the case is, and you go forward from there. But if the Golden State Warriors are going to make a move to try to win Now, win this season, maybe win next season, if there's someone on the market that isn't just a rental, like Pascal Siakam is a rental, if the Warriors are trying to win this season, next season, as a result of a trade deadline acquisition, I think something's got to happen sooner as opposed to later. Because if you wait four weeks, your window to try to get back into the race in the West, uh, it it might be gone. It might be now. The West is is really kind of scrunched up. Despite the Warriors' struggles, it feels like this season really couldn't have gone any worse for Golden State so far. You're seventeen and twenty. You are still, again, only a game, only uh, only a game and a half out of the tenth spot, which is the final play-in spot, and you're only five and a half games out of the six, which is the final non or it's the first non play-in spot, the final normal playoff spot. So. There is, and you've got plenty of time. You're not even halfway through the season yet. You've played 37 games. There's still plenty of time left, but four weeks is a long time. And if the Warriors are serious about making a move to help this roster this season, that move may have to happen sooner as opposed to later. All right, uh, let's go back to the phone lines here on Warriors Wrap-Up, 888-957-9570. Up next is Richard in Belmont. Richard, what's up? You're on Warriors Wrap-Up here on 95.7 The Game. How you doing tonight, Richard? I'm okay.
9: Uh, I'm not calling as a upset fan because I'm not. You know, I uh, Actually, I'm a Chicago Bulls fan, and they're going to be playing them, so on the side, I think the Bulls are going to win. They probably will, Richard. they probably uh, will. Uh, I think they will, but here's my my thought. Uh, I know uh, they were talking I think it was um uh, dib you know, and his partner was saying they should keep the three big three together. I don't see how, and I say it for this reason you you should not sign Clay Thompson at the end of the year to another contract. that makes no sense at all. he not want too much money anyway. Uh, Draymond Green will probably get himself kicked out of the league in two years because he's going to flare up again. He's going to go at it, and then they're going to kick him out. Maybe two years max. Curry probably wants to well play at least two more years. So I think in the next two years you won't have Thompson because you, and if you do, that's a mistake. You don't get the big money. I, uh, Draymond will get himself kicked out. So I think you're going to end up with Curry finishing up. But I don't say the big three staying together. I don't think. You can keep them together. I don't think it's possible.
2: That's my thought. Yep. Thanks, Richard. Um, I mean, it's certainly trending in that direction. Right now, Draymond Green is under contract for three and a half more seasons. I don't think he's getting moved uh, by the Golden State Warriors. Now, maybe, he's, as you're talking about, he's, he's one more mistake on the court away from being suspended for a whole season. Maybe his NBA career done. Uh, if you didn't hear... On his his new edition of his podcast, he said that he was seriously considering retirement during his suspension. So maybe something happens that's out of the Warriors' hands uh, that takes Draymond Green away. I don't think he's being traded by the Golden State Warriors. I will say that. Stephen Curry, as long as he wants to be here, he will be here. Um, Things go absolutely terribly wrong. Maybe he somehow uh, asks out. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, and Clay Thompson, again, I, I threw it out there a little bit ago, of the big three, he's the most likely to get traded at the deadline, I'll say that. Not that I think it's likely, but he's on the expiring deal, and the Golden State Warriors, as, as Richard was talking about, how hamstrung they are in terms of, uh, you know, the salary cap situation and all the money that they have tied up, um, it's looking less and less likely that the Golden State Warriors would want to re-sign him this offseason. Although I will say I think lately Klay Thompson hasn't really been the issue. I think something really interesting about Klay Thompson's game is we talk a lot about how, you know, post ACL and Achilles, he's nowhere near the defender that he once was, right? And that's true to to a degree. Uh, he's not the elite perimeter defender that he once was. Remember the days when he would just go and defend the uh, the opposing team's best guard, whether it was a shooting guard or uh, a point guard or, or even sometimes a, a three, one of the wings? He would, he would take it. He would take on the best opposing wing perimeter player uh, for the Golden State Warriors, and he was great at it. It's why he was one of the best two-way players in the NBA, and it's why he's probably going to... Eventually, be a Hall of Famer because he was great on both ends. He's not that elite perimeter defender anymore. It's clear as day, uh, unfortunately, for Clay Thompson. You feel for the guy because he was stripped of that uh, because of a couple of really serious leg injuries. Uh, but where Clay has grown, and I think he's kind of been forced to grow into this because of those injuries, he's doing a hell of a job defensively against the bigger wings and the fours and the fives. Like he, you match him up. in in the paint, on the post, elbow, like against a defender who's trying to back him down. Klay is stronger than I think a lot of us give him credit for. Uh, and He's kind of developed as a good uh, defender in the post. He's been really good at that. Zion Williamson is a load and difficult to defend down low. Klay Thompson held his own. There were a couple of times where he's getting back down, and something that he's... um, gotten really good at and and he's turned out to be really proficient. And I think he learned this from Andre Iguodala. It's the swipe down when uh, an opponent is backing you down and then they turn and spin and try to shoot a fadeaway. Klay Thompson did that tonight. He's done it a lot recently. Klay has become a, a good defender in the post. Now, is that enough to help make this Warriors team a good defense again? Probably not. I don't think they have the horses and the bodies specifically on the perimeter to do that. And they've turned into a team that uh, just has really poor defensive fundamentals. I mean, how many times is there a backdoor cut for a dunk? The Warriors unwilling to race back in transition you give up an easy hoop. Um, but I just think it's worth pointing out that Klay Thompson has turned into a good defender in the post, honestly. As surprising as that sounds, if you were to you know tell me that like five years ago, I, I'm not sure I would believe you. Um, but Klay Thompson has been good at that. Uh, but still, I mean, with that said, he's the most likely member of the big three to be moved at the trading deadline just simply because of the contract situations of the other two. Uh, but I think what is becoming more likely uh, to, to our caller, Richard, who, who just called in a couple of minutes ago, I don't know if the Warriors move off of any of the big three at the deadline. I would bet against that. But I think what is becoming more and more likely is that the Warriors try to acquire a star, because the reality is this team likely is not one player away. You add Pascal Siakam to this roster and say you give up Wiggins, Moody, and Picks, Like, does that make this a, a legit competitor? I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't feel particularly confident in that. And if you're the Golden State Warriors, why would you move off of a piece that has any value if the guy you're going to get back is not going to transform you into a legit, legitimate competitor? Maybe the move for the Golden State Warriors is to trade someone like Andrew Wiggins, who at the moment, his value to you is shrinking big time. And instead of getting back a veteran who might walk after just three months with your team because he is, you know, about to be a free agent, that is what Pascal Siakam is, maybe the move is to acquire younger pieces. Maybe, you know, if you're thinking about this as the MLB trade deadline, instead of being a buyer... The Warriors are plummeting towards seller territory, and if this play continues, maybe they think about selling and moving off of veteran pieces in the name of getting younger and cheaper to alleviate some of the burden on Joe Laca. That seems more likely than the Warriors moving off of Clay Thompson, for example, although Clay could technically be be involved in a move like that, Um, but I still think Andrew Wiggins and the like uh, would be... Uh, more more likely uh than than Klay Thompson or, or any of the big three. Um, just to get back to the game for a minute here on on Warriors wrap up on ninety five seven. The game the Warriors were down. Uh, again they lose this game by thirty six. They gave up forty six points in the first half. Uh, most points allowed by the Warriors in a quarter this season. Most points allowed by the Warriors in the first quarter at home since nineteen ninety one. Uh, and it was ugly. They. Uh, They they fought back late in the second quarter, and they got back within 13 points at the half. They outscored New Orleans by six points uh, in that second quarter, and they're only down by 13. You're feeling like, all right, all right, maybe maybe there's a chance. You get back within 11 uh, with about six minutes to go in the third quarter. To be exact, the Warriors were down 11 with six minutes and 15 seconds left in the third quarter. You were down 86 to 75. You're down 11, to go in the third. New Orleans, the rest of the game, 43-13. to 13. That was not the rest of the game, pardon me. Over the next 12 minutes, so from the 6-minute mark of the 3rd to the 6-minute mark of the 4th, New Orleans outscores the Warriors by 30 points, 43-13. to 13. That's over essentially a quarter worth of basketball. Ugly. The Warriors back within 11. They're, they're feeling the best they felt all night, and then you allow a 43-13 to 13 run. And what did happen there for the Golden State Warriors at that point? Uh, Trace Jackson Davis and Brandon Pajemski came in for Moses Moody and Kevon Looney. Kevon Looney was the only reason the Warriors were slowing down Jonas Valencia Valanciunas scored 15 points in the third quarter. Most of that came in the second half of the third quarter once Looney came out. Moses Moody was your offense for much of this game. He had 21 points off the bench. Once those two came out, the third quarter flipped. And it's, it's unfortunate for Trace Jackson-Davis and Brandon Pajemski, but those were the two that came in, and they could not keep the momentum up for the Golden State Warriors. And it's unfair. I think the standard we're hold, holding those two guys to, they're rookies. They're going to have um, games like this. Steve Kersetta, if you were listening 20 minutes ago, he said, you know, maybe Pajemski's hitting that rookie wall a little bit. Pajemski's been great this season, so much better than anyone could have expected or could have asked from him. Uh, this was one of his... Worst games, not one of his better games. Um, but that's all right. He's a rookie. You can live with that. Trace Jackson Davis, a lot of g- garbage time points. He scored 19 points, 9 of 11 from the field, but it also wasn't one of his best games tonight either. All right, back to the phone lines. Before we do wrap things up here on Warriors Wrap Up, up next is Nick in Ohio. Nick, what's up? You're on Warriors Wrap Up by ninety-five seven. The Game. How you doing?
3: Oh, pretty good. Um, I like your show. Thank you, Nick. And, uh, I think uh, the Warriors missed it when last year I think the writing was on the wall. Uh, they fell short. They had all the problems. They should have reorged. I think they got, should get rid of as many older players as they can and just go for picks or young players with some promise and just ride it out and bite the bullet. It seems to work for Philadelphia. Uh, Oklahoma City. Uh, just It's time to make a change. You can't just band-aid here and band-aid there and keep keep the thing going you know it's just not it's just not working
2: yeah nick i mean the warriors are kind of stuck between two situations because you have your younger core of kaminga and moody and pajemski and trace jackson davis and then of course you have the core three that have won you four championships and i mean you, you can be done with clay thompson in a couple of months he's on an expiring contract and if the warriors don't want to reset them. they don't have to, and and they could be done with that. But uh, you got Stephen Curry and Draymond Green for multiple years after this one, and they're taking up a lot of money. I don't know if the Warriors can stomach trading Steph Curry. And as long as you got Steph Curry on your roster, first of all, I'm not advocating to trade Steph Curry. Steph Curry is the greatest warrior of all time, and it's not that close, and one of the greatest basketball players of all time. You got Steph Curry making $50 million a year. Uh, he's, he's kind of an anchor financially, and it, it it makes things difficult for you moving forward. And if you're using the 76ers as an example of a, a tank job that worked, <laughs> they were bad for years Years. I don't think any Warrior fan wants to sign up for that. The model is the Oklahoma City Thunder. They were bad for a couple of years, but they were kind of also competitive during that stretch. Uh, But they just turned their quality assets into incredible draft hauls. But I don't think the Warriors are at a point where their assets, their big assets, their stars that have been successful for them, they're not at a point where you're going to get that much back in return. Like the the OKC Thunder trading Paul George to the to the Clippers, you got back multiple picks and Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Like no one is giving Shea Gilgis-Alexander in a boatload of picks for Klay Thompson or for Draymond Green. Probably not even for Stephen Curry at this point of his career, despite how good he is. He's 35 years old. It's just not going to happen. The, the Warriors are stuck between two eras – And it's really, really difficult for them to fully commit one way or the other. It's going to take them really biting the bullet, gritting their teeth, and doing something that their fans likely will hate and they will hate doing. Maybe it gets to that point, uh, but I don't know if we're there just yet. Uh, I'm seeing some comments on the YouTube chat from Paul Revere. Shout out, Paul. Uh, Appreciate you tuning in here to Warriors Wrap Up. Uh, You're talking about, you know, some of the rookies, but not talking about the uh, but Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. I don't know if you missed it earlier, Paul. I, I, I talked about their issues and, and how they're struggling. The Warriors' stars have to play like stars. The, the fact of the matter for the Golden State Warriors is if this team is going to win, Clay, uh, Steph Curry needs to play like an MVP. Klay Thompson needs to play like an all-star. Draymond Green needs to play like the DPOI. There is no reality in which the Warriors are competitive this year without those three things happening. just can't possibly happen you know maybe you feel like well you know Steph's 35 Clay's 33 multiple surgeries Draymond is up there as well like it's just it's not likely and you're probably right but if the Warriors are going to have any chance at continuing this era of Warriors basketball they need to be better they have not been good recently they have not been good recently and what Steve Kerr said, again, if you missed it, he feels like the Warriors have lost its spirit, confidence, and belief. A lot of that is on the head coach, and a lot of that is on the leader of the team. The leader of the team uh, is Stephen Curry. The emotional leader is Draymond Green, but Draymond Green's been away from the team. Now, maybe the the burden, as Steve Kerr has put it, is is too heavy on Steph Curry, and it's unfair to him. But that group, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Steve Kerr, They share the lion's share of the blame for the Golden State Warriors because ultimately you turn to your stars. You go as your stars go. Your stars play well. You're going to have a chance against anybody. Your stars struggle. You're not going to have a chance against most. Maybe you catch lightning in a bottle one day and Brandon Pajemski goes 6-7 from downtown. He scores 27 points and the Warriors beat the Portland Trailblazers. Right? Right? They beat the San Antonio Spurs. Congratulations. You beat Wemby. But without Stephen Curry and Klay Thompson and Draymond Green playing well, you're not going to beat the Denver Nuggets of the world. You're not going to beat even the New Orleans Pelicans of the world. You, you need those guys to play better, and the Golden State Warriors' reality is they have not played well enough. So there's a lot of blame to go around, and certainly, a bunch of it lies at the feet of this team's leaders because the Warriors are a team that feel like they're falling apart just a little bit. Again, Steve Kerr said that this team has lost its spirit, its confidence, and its belief. It's not good. It's not good. And if it continues, uh, we could be looking at not just uh, you know a change of strategy for the Warriors at the deadline, like maybe selling instead of buying, as I mentioned earlier, uh, but you could also be looking at a change in the guard and leadership. Uh, And I say that about Steve Kerr, as wild as that is to say, considering everything that he's accomplished with the Golden State Warriors, I just don't know uh, how much longer Joe Lacop is willing to put up with these kinds of performances. I don't think he has the stomach for it. You are Joe Lacop, and you've accomplished everything you've accomplished. You naturally don't have the stomach for this sort of thing. Uh, So we'll see how it goes over the next couple of weeks. Again, the deadline, four weeks from tomorrow. And, again, I think the Warriors, if they're trying to help this team, that help needs to arrive sooner as opposed to later. All right, final few minutes here of Warriors wrap-up. Let's get to a couple of things before we do sign off. Up first is extending the three-point line, and for that we go to the Warriors' leading scorer tonight. That is Moses Moody. Moody behind the screen, takes about a 25-footer. It's up and good. And the Pelicans will talk it over. 60-41. to 41. The Warriors showing a little bit of a a pulse here in the second quarter, down by 19. All right, so that's Moses Moody hitting the three, as you heard here on 95.7 The Game from Tim Roy. Of course, Moses Moody, 21 points, 8 of 18 from the field, 4 of 8 from downtown. Did leave with what Steve Kerr has called a calf strain. He will have an MRI if Moses Moody is all right, and if he's good to go, uh, I think we'll see him in the starting lineup. Uh, but we'll have to wait and see there. If Moses Moody is out, um, that's bad news for the Golden State Warriors because they're not going to be able to defend anyone. I think Moses Moody gives the Warriors the best chance to try to defend. Uh, without him, the Warriors might have to trot out that three-guard lineup again, Curry, Pajemski, and Clay. Uh, and that has just been disastrous defensively no matter who the four and the five is. Jonathan Kaminga, Kavon Looney, Kaminga, and Trace Jackson-Davis. Uh, Who knows? But Moses Moody, that injury could end up being big for the Golden State Warriors. That was extending the three-point line brought to you by West Coast Men's Health. Successfully treating men for ED and chronic pain. Visit westcoastmenshealth.com. All right, now time for our hardest worker of the game brought to you by the Alameda County Sheriff's Office, who works hard to serve the community. Are you looking for a career in law enforcement? Learn more about job opportunities at joinacso.com. And for our hardest worker of the game, I feel like it would be wrong if I chose the Golden State Warrior for this one tonight. So I will go to the New Orleans Pelicans and the big man. Valencia Yunus, Jonas Valencia Yunus, he was really good in only 21 minutes tonight. He had 21 points. He was a plus 18, 9 rebounds, 9 of 13 from the field, and 15 of those 21 points came in the third quarter. And a big part of that was when Kevon Looney checked out with 6 minutes and 15 seconds to go in the third quarter. Valencia Yunus just took over and dominated uh, from there on out. Uh, And uh, he's a big reason why the Pelicans, who— the deficit was cut to just 11 at 6.15 to go in the third quarter. He was a big reason why over the next 12 minutes of game time, uh, the Pelicans outscored the Warriors by 30 points, and they ultimately go on to win final score at 141-105. And that was our hardest worker of the game, again brought to you by the Alameda County Sheriff's Office. All right, final couple of minutes here on Warriors wrap up on 95-7 the game. Golden State again, they fall tonight by a final score of 141 to 105. With the loss, the Warriors now 17 and 20 on the season, and they're now 11 and 11 at home. Remember last year, Golden State they were 33 and 8 at home. They lost eight games all season at home. Uh, they've played 22 home games so far this season, uh, and they've already lost 11 of those games this year. And the Warriors now have a bunch of road games coming up. In fact, you look at what the Warriors have on the way. Of course, you got that four-game road trip coming up next at Chicago on Friday, at Milwaukee on Saturday, Memphis on Monday, Utah on Wednesday. But Golden State, as uh, a team so far this season, They've played only 15 road games this year, tied for the fewest in the league. So while home hasn't been that friendly to the Warriors so far this year, uh, you're not going to have a ton of home games on the schedule the rest of the way. The Warriors' back half of their schedule is uh, heavy on the road, and that begins coming up on Friday for the Golden State Warriors when they take on the Chicago Bulls. Tip-off is at 5. That means coverage begins at 4 with Warriors Live here on 95.7 The Game. I'll be with you after the game for Warriors Wrap-Up, as always, here on 95.7 The Game, uh, and we'll react to the beginning of a Warriors four-game road trip. All right, that'll do it for Warriors Wrap-Up here on 95.7 The Game. Thanks so much for tuning in. For Chris O'Connell and Sterling Bennett, uh, my name is Mark. Randy signing off. Thanks so much to everyone for tuning in. Thanks to all your comments on the uh, Comcast Business text line, the YouTube chat. As always, busy here on this uh, Wednesday evening on ninety-five seven, the game. And thanks to all the callers as well. Thanks so much again for tuning in. The Warriors fall tonight, one forty-one to one o five to the New Orleans Pelicans. We're back with more Warriors basketball on Friday afternoon here on ninety-five seven, the game. Thanks so much. Have a great rest of your Wednesday evening.